From KLIN Radio and the Lincoln Independent Business Association, this is the Lincoln Business Beat, a weekly something area business and a review of interesting topics and issues. Along with LIBA President and CEO Bud Seinhorst, I'm Mark Vail. Thanks for joining us on Lincoln Business Beat. It's made possible by Currency. Learn more at GoCurrency.com. Bud, the uh, legislature's in full uh, session, almost got out of session. We'll talk about that in a minute. But 810 bills dropped. It wasn't a record. You'd said 900 to 1,000, but that's still a lot of work ahead of them. Good thing I didn't go out to Warhorse and uh, place that bet on the number of bills. But, yeah, they're in, I would say they're probably in mid-season form at this point. So, and they're only, I think we're in day, this week was day 10, 11, 12, that kind of thing. So, uh, lots of bills out there. Um, some, I think, will be. Uh, good to watch. We're going to do some evaluations here over the next several days of what bills we're going to support and how we're going to approach certain things. Several of them uh, directly affect uh, or could directly affect Lincoln and uh, Lancaster County. Yeah, I mean, the first one, uh, we had Senator Bo Ballard last week on Lincoln Business Beat, and he had talked about the importance of the East Beltway. And, well, wouldn't you know it, on day 10 of bill introduction, he dropped a bill uh, to start the funding process for the East Beltway, uh, which is going to be a bill to help study the East Beltway, do some of the environmental studies, some of the engineering, and then also start to uh, acquire the right-of-way. So it's a long process. I don't want anybody to think the East Beltway will be <laughs> under construction by summer. Um, however, with the completion of the South Beltway, it's time for us to start to have that conversation. And it's it's really about growth, and it helps our city with growth. So we appreciate Senator Ballard reaching out and doing that bill. This should be a little bigger project. It's about 13 miles, uh, at least the way it's initially planned. So, you know, a little bigger project. But with the South Beltway being the biggest project in Nebraska Department of Transportation history, now they've got some experience. This one should be a slam dunk. Go big or go home. And, again, we appreciate Senator Ballard and his foresight with that. And and he mentioned on Lincoln Business Beat that he worked in Senator Hilzer's office when they went through the process on the South Beltway. And the, so on the financing of it. The financing and all those kind of things. So I think Senator Ballard's in a good position to really understand how to get it done. So we'll keep watching. And the Lincoln-Lancaster County area delegation signed on to that effort. Yeah, um, nearly all the senators from the area signed on to that bill. So um, it's, you know, there's a lot of projects that we've heard about around the state. And so, you know, one step at a time, but it always starts with the first step. And here we go. And bipartisan, uh, or at least uh, I guess you call it a bipartisan effort when several of them sign on to the bill from different political leanings, but another one was uh, to uh, help support the development of a convention center here in Lincoln. Yeah, we've had some conversations over the last six months or so, especially uh, here on the Lincoln Business Beat about a new convention center for Lincoln. I think there's uh, really good value. It's uh, I sit on the committee that's been looking at some different things for the convention center, and uh, Senator w Anna Wishart from here in Lincoln uh, put out a bill that would put about $60 million towards uh, a new convention center. So I think that's another – it's great for our ec economy when we can create development like that because that will bring, um, as they say in the hotel industry, uh, heads in beds and in restaurants. It will put butts in seats, and it will it'll bring more uh, commerce and help our local businesses from a – sales tax collection from a sales collection and help our community 
uh, grow. So we're excited about it. And she uh, introduced that bill on the same day that the uh, study, the initial study came out, which uh, had approximately 111, 120 million for a, a what 129,000 square foot uh, facility, two levels, could be on any one of maybe five destinations. Uh, or that have been identified. So kind of a, a double, uh, if you will, double uh, support here, the studies out and the money that, sh- that she is proposing. Plus, that was co-sponsored by uh, a plethora uh, no, of uh, senators. Republicans and Democrats. And, you know, I, and, and the nice thing is when you talk about the Beltway and you talk about the convention center, these are both going to be economic drivers in our community and uh, help us in a growth mindset. So I'm glad to see we've got bipartisan support from our state senators uh, in the area. Well, of course, the uh, legislature uh, goes through. It's the 90-day session, so they'll be getting into the budget and those uh, the other 800-plus bills. They start now in their committee hearings. Um, Leave a lunch this past uh, Tuesday. It was scheduled to hear from Speaker uh, Arch. Uh, he was there in the process of introducing uh, the delegations that were attending the lunch because you actually invite virtually the entire Senate if they'd like to. That's a tradition. January, Speaker comes and talks to the LIBA members. Uh, but it didn't happen. a curveball this year. So um, so it's it's kind of funny. I was introducing all the state senators. They were all sta- standing, and I'm going around the room introducing them, and all of a sudden I see a bunch of them looking at their cell phones, and I was wondering what in the daylights was going on, and I saw uh, Senator Mike Jacobson from North Platte walk up to Speaker Arch, and Speaker Arch had a look on his face that didn't look like um, he was very pleased. <laughs> Actually, I was, uh, Speaker Arch was sitting at the same table that I was, and I, I had a front row seat to, to that. He had a good view of it. but yeah. um, So what happened was um, there was a call to the House, and... What that means is every state senator needs to report to the floor of the legislature immediately. And if they're not there within a certain time, they actually send out the Nebraska State Patrol. And there's part of me that wanted to say to Speaker Arch, well, until the patrol gets here, do you really need to get back to the building? Um, But unfortunately, he and the other about 10 or 12 senators that were there had to get back to the Capitol. And the reason there was a call to the House is because... Um, a local state senator, Con- Danielle Conrad, who was just recently elected to District 46, she'd served two terms previously, uh, made a motion to adjourn sine die, which at the end of the legislature, at the end of each session, there's a, a motion to adjourn sine die. And there was a call to the House because there weren't very many senators on the floor because of different things going on. And um, <clears throat> there was a thought that that, adjournment might happen because of how many people were on the floor. The impact, if that motion to adjourn sine die had passed, the the number one constitutional duty of a state senator is to pass a budget, for the legislature to pass a budget, and it's in this session. And so if the legislature adjourns sine die, that means the session's over, which means there's no budget, there's no hearing, none of those bills that we have talked about would have had a hearing and then the legislature would have had to been called into a special session at some point. Um, Now, when the legislature gets called into a special session, it costs the taxpayers additional money. 
The other impact of that is if we don't pass a budget, we don't have funding for things like roads and the money from the state that goes into education and early childhood education, our state patrol, our correction systems. So this was, in my mind, this was pretty fast and loose on uh, what they were doing to try to play a little political game. And there were seven senators that voted for it. There were, and and it was a kind of a protest vote, as I understand it from the, the stories that I've read, after uh, Senator Kauth uh, introduced uh, some gender-affirming uh, legislation that she wanted to, um, you know, shore up the LGBTQ issues and, and gender dysphoria and high school sports. It covered a broad spectrum of that, and uh, Senator Conrad led that effort uh, because she didn't think that was the, the place that it should well, and there's a, you know there's a process. Every bill in Nebraska gets a hearing. Every uh, every bill has a vote in the committee on whether or not it's going to come to the floor of the legislature. And so, I thought it was an interesting tactic by Senator Conrad and some of her colleagues to to do that. Well, that's in. That's done. It, uh, by the way, it was defeated thirty three to seven. So it, the the seven that uh, supported it, uh, they were kind of in a, a group all of yeah. their own. Two of them were Lincoln senators, Senator Conrad and Senator Raybould, that voted for that. At the luncheon, you also uh, made mention of new members to Leba, which we do uh, once a month here on Lincoln Business Beat. That's yeah. a, a nice um, list of members. Had a nice uh, new group of members. We had uh, Deacon Solutions, Dr. Paul Fernhaber, Junior Achievement of Lincoln uh, joined Leba again. And that's... We're going to talk about that a little bit more. That's going to be a deep dive. Yeah. I might smile as much about JA as I do about budgets. Um, Cattle Bank and Trust, uh, Heather Ferguson at Home Real Real Estate, Body Fit Training, and the Sestris Shrine. So nice... nice Sestris. Sestris, sorry. You'll get it right. I'll get it right one of these days. I'm I'm a Shriner, a member, associate member of Sestris, so... Uh, know that organization quite well. Very good. So it's a nice group of new members, and we're glad to have them. So. And the other thing that uh, came out in the last uh, week after we actually uh, recorded our last business beat uh, was the posting of property valuations in Lancaster County. And and as uh, I was talking to somebody here uh, earlier in the week, said, "Did you get? Did you check your valuations?" And the response was, "Oh man." <laughs> Mine was a little more graphic at my house, but um, we'll keep it clean for our viewers, but or our listeners. Um, yeah, so the property valuations, they didn't re, redo valuations in 22. They did them here in 23. Um, some very interesting things. I saw something on Twitter where uh, a journalist said, you know, if you haven't, you might want to go on, but maybe if you have heart problems, maybe you shouldn't uh, go on and look at those valuations. And um, I've heard, I've heard stories from ten to forty percent of property value increases. Um, in some cases, people are seeing uh, six-figure dollar value increases in their valuations, and so I think it's something that we'll have to see. Now, these are the preliminary valuations, so we'll have to see what happens there. And the 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 big impact of these changes in valuations is. What's going to happen when our political subdivisions do their property tax asking? Are they going to drop their levy because of the high amount of increases or not? And, you know, I was at the state capitol yesterday when Governor Pillen announced all of his tax packages for his press conference. 
And I was talking to a state senator about property valuations, and it's it's a little it's once you you know we talk about making the sausage on here quite a bit. Yeah. When you dig into making the sausage of property taxes and valuations, there's not a consistent way in when valuations are done. So, for instance, Douglas County does their valuation adjustments every year. Sarpy County does it like every three years. Lancaster County, sometimes it's every year, sometimes it's every other year. It just kind of varies. And so just the inconsistency across the state is is kind of intriguing to see. And um, so we'll see how those play out in, in the final valuations and watch what happens because I'm guessing we're going to be paying more in property taxes regardless of what elected officials say when they say, we kept the levy the same. Which is just uh, another way of saying uh, we want more money. Yeah. When you get these type of valuation increases. One of the things that uh, I was uh, a little appreciative of when I went and checked mine was the uh, ability to see comp, uh, comp sales in your area. Uh, at least it it was a little more transparent as to what they were looking at. I thought that was a a good addition. Yeah, it's, it's nice to be able to look at those comp sales. Um, for instance, when I looked at mine, the interesting thing I found was there were two sales on my block. And they weren't in the comp sales. But some of the comp sales were a ways away from where I live. So I thought that was kind of intriguing. I had one person tell me that they actually Google mapped one <laughs> the different comp sales. And it was like four miles away. And so um, there might be a little flaw in the system on how that happens. Just because I think they just look at square footage and they don't take other factors into consideration. So... Um, there'll probably be some adjustments. We'll just have to see where the final values come in. And people have until the end of the month to uh, request a, a telephone hearing or in-person uh, discussion with the uh, assessor's office. So, Yeah, and I, I guess from my perspective, what's the rush? Because our, our tax statements already come out what we're going to pay this year. Um, so for me, it's like, okay, we give them about two weeks um, to to do that. And so I think there might be need to be some consideration to reconsider yep. that timeline. Well, uh, about time for us to uh, take a quick break and then get into our deep dive. And uh, with that, we're going to be able to welcome a guest to the studio and not have to listen to me and thee as much. Yeah, we actually got, got a guest in here, which is one of the fun things we get to do and uh, change it up for the folks that listen. We'll talk junior achievement in depth in just a moment. Do you need help finding reliable financing options for heavy machinery, trucks, or equipment for your business? Currency is here to help. Currency specializes in finding the most competitive financing options for construction equipment, farm machinery, trucks, trailers, other big-ticket items as well. Whether you're replacing old machines, expanding your fleet, Currency makes it easy to get that financing. It's secure and free to use. And it gives you a single point of contact for the entire process. Visit GoCurrency.com, fill out the application. Currency will automatically find a lender offering the best rates and terms. Currency is equipment financing made simple. Visit GoCurrency.com and apply today. Offers may vary and arranged by Express Tech Financing, LLC. Doing business is currency, pursuant to CFL License 60-DBO-54873. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. 
they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. The Lincoln Business Beat, our deep dive this week, is with Junior Achievement and... Thank goodness we got a guest in because I know very little about junior achievement. I know you've talked about junior achievement and your involvement uh, several times on Lincoln Business Beat, but it's great to have uh, uh, junior achievement in here with us today. Yeah, uh, we've got Jennifer Cusick Rawlinson here today. Um, Jennifer and I have a long history. We actually went to high school together, although she's younger than I am. But, um, you know, I got involved with junior achievement here three or four years ago, and <clears throat> I found it as a really good way to help young people think about entrepreneurship and think about, you know, money and saving money and earning money and donating money and participating in our community. And um, it's an, an organization I become pretty passionate about. I talk about it quite a bit with our members because I think there's such a great value in um, actually getting out there in the community and giving back and helping young people think about entrepreneurship and, you know, different, the, the, the way that things happen in our community. And so, um, I wish, honestly, I wish we'd have had it when I was in grade school. So, um, but it's, uh, it's great to have Jennifer here. And what I love about Jennifer, uh, coming in to talk about junior achievement is she was actually, when she was a, a student, she calls herself a JA kid. Um, then she became a volunteer with Junior Achievement. She's worked for Junior Achievement. And now she sits on the board of directors. And um, it's just a great organization, and I think it's great to have Jennifer in to talk a little bit about it. So, Jennifer, first off, thanks for joining us here on the Lincoln Business Feed. It's great to have you. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So, um, so let's start and just tell me a little bit about... You know, I mentioned you were a JA kid and then a volunteer, and then you were an employee of JA, and now you sit on the board. Apparently, JA is something very important to you. Talk about your experience and why it's important to you. Yeah, junior achievement should be important to all of us. It's what you want your kids to know before they get out in the real world. And we're all busy. We're maybe great parents. We're maybe great teachers. We're maybe great business people. But if we're not passing that knowledge on to the kids, then they aren't as prepared for the real world. We want them to be independent contributors to society. We want them to give back in the community. We want them to have financial resources. We want them to have skills like budgeting, um, how to start a business. Um, what kind of a job interview skill do you need to work on because you may, might not be very good at it yet? And what's amazing about JA, we've been doing this for 52 years in Lincoln, um, so it's a little older than me. <laughs> we, uh... Wow. I think that was a shot across the bow at both of it's, us, Mark. Uh -huh. it's, it's a lot younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> but it started out as a company program where high school students from across the city 
actually started their own businesses, sold stock, capitalized, um, got paid out at the end of it, sold whatever they wanted to. Um, so a lot of people that started in that program now feel very fondly about junior achievement like I do. Um, I remember when we were at Pius, actually, mm -hmm. one of the JA projects, and I wasn't involved in JA at the time, but one of the JA projects was they did uh, sweatshirts. Do you remember that? Yeah, that's That would have been when I was common. like a junior in high school. They did <laughs> Pius sweatshirts, and they sold stock uh, to different teachers. Yep. And I remember um, my accounting teacher was Mr. Ewing, and uh, Russ Ewing, who went on to great things with LPS, but um, Mr. Ewing wanted to buy $1,000 worth of stock because he knew it was going to be a good business. <laughs> good <for laughs> they, wouldn't, they wouldn't let him. So I was also wondering how a Catholic school teacher could invest that much. But, well, I think uh, he's stock was only a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, Junior Achievement, again, has been around in this town. I think we're top five in the country. Um, obviously, this is an international program now. But we have... I believe every school in the city, but also we have outreach programs with their own boards. And I just want to tell people that if you want to get involved in the community at any level, or if you're already involved in the community in some way, this is just one very easy, simple way to give back. All they want is a little bit of your time and your real world experience. So talk Someone about to be that, a role model. Yeah. Talk about that time commitment, because at first I was like, oh, gosh, what? What's the time commitment here? Yeah. So talk about the time commitment. JA makes this very easy for people who would like to spend a little bit of time in their kids' or grandkids' classroom or just a school that you went to or a school that's near your office or your home. Um, they have basically a PowerPoint presentation that the teacher queues up in the school. Um, they have booklet materials and handouts already for you. Um, as a volunteer, you have access to that. And then you start every class introducing yourself, a little bit about yourself, and then maybe some vocabulary words for the lesson that day. And then you introduce one or two activities that highlights these real-life skills that the kids, um, I think, really do need to know. It's It's been really fun. And, you know, I guess when I jump into the pool, I jump into the deep end all the way up to my chin because um, I'm actually doing five different grades this year at cathedral and so i've done the second grade the fifth grade i'm on the fourth grade third grades next month um but but what's really fun is there's the the projects that they get to do like it seems like at every age we're having them think about what business would you like to start mm -hmm. what would you like to sell um, I know one of the favorite ones is the donut lesson, yeah. Because uh, they get to <laughs> they get to come up with their own donuts, and you know they they I want to have a strawberry filled chocolate donut with chocolate frosting and M and M's on it, or something mm -hmm. like that. And they get to do that, and so it's really kind of something fun. And then, and of course, this isn't a requirement, but then what I do is. I bring donuts on the last day. A lot of our volunteers um, do. <laughs> that, you know, for for the kids because yeah. you know a nice tie-in. So, but it's it's fun for me to watch the students think. Right, and the light when, bulbs when they come yep. up with I want to start a business of X or Y, and you know, with Leba being so ad much of an advocate for small business, you know, you never know when the next pastry shop owner or coffee shop owner or somebody that's going to start a construction business or an auto repair business or whatever, whatever it might be. So it's, it's a nice way to kind of bring that all together. And on top of the entrepreneurship component, just career exploration. 
I think a lot of students know what their parents do. They know what their teachers do. They might know what their favorite stores, jobs look like. But are you thinking about being a scientist or are you thinking about um, traveling the world? Are you wanting to join a nonprofit? These are things that students don't necessarily think about until they're exposed to it. And I think that's another thing that junior achievement can really open their eyes. I had one student this year said she wanted to be governor. Um, right? <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's, you know, fifth grader. She's got some aspirations. And you know what? That girl's smart. I could see that happening. Well, I had a seventh grade class where every boy in the class, uh, no matter how tall they were and whether or not they currently played basketball, all wanted to be NBA stars and have shoe contracts. So I was very happy at the end of the session. They were a little more diverse in their thinking because I don't think all of them were going to turn out to be NBA stars in that class. Maybe not. I'm just them, saying yeah. they, they might not be. The odds yeah. are. But if they want to have a shoe contract, there's other shoe contracts to consider. I mean, people in the construction business need shoes that are probably more valuable to the feet of the construction <laughs> workers. Excellent exactly. point. I, I mean, so it's just a matter of, of turning, uh, not the passion of the business, but turning it to your uh, eventual clientele. And the creativity of the kids, I think, is why a lot of our volunteers really love their time in the classroom. Um, you know, you don't see your own kids in the same way, but when you're seeing a classroom full of kids bouncing ideas off of each other and telling each other what they're good at and what they might want to be when they grow up, it is a lot of fun. Um, highly recommended. Well, and it's it's fun because they, like, one of the things they'll do is they'll have, like, they'll list some different people who have invented things or started businesses or whatever. And um, th there's some of them where I'm like, okay, I got to get on Google because when I'm preparing for this lesson, I want to know who the heck this person is. And the kids know it right away. Mm -hmm. Like, and I've never heard of some of these people. So it, it's it's kind of fun, you know. And, I mean, LeBron James is obviously a, a NBA star. He's got a shoe contract. He's got a lot of apparel. But he's involved in a lot of other things. Yeah. And so, but the fact that students know that is pretty impressive. And just, it, it's fascinating to me. They are fun. I'm really glad that you're willing to highlight junior achievement Um as you might know, we were uh, going through some things the last few years in this country and world, and we are a little short on volunteers. Um, I know I'm talking about how fun it is. You're talking about how many classes you're teaching. If we lined up one volunteer with each of the classrooms, we're only at about 50% capacity right now. So a lot of our volunteer pool has maybe been working from home or they have some new job responsibilities or, you know, we all fall out of the habit of doing things that we love. But um, Junior Achievement very definitely could use some new volunteers or some additional volunteers that used to do it and just didn't go through the classroom process during the pandemic. Uh, we're at about 1,200 classrooms signed up. That's a teacher-driven component of Junior Achievement. And the other side of that is Junior Achievement matching um, the volunteer with the classroom. So we, we're very grateful that you're Wanting to talk a little bit more about Love it. our community like this. I could talk about this for days, um, but we do have some time constraints, but that's okay. <laughs> um, but, okay, so talk about, so there's about 1,200 classrooms out there. How many volunteers do you need right now to kind of get to where you need to be to get all those filled? We could place another 500 volunteers. I mean, you might have to give up some of your classes, but um, I don't know if you're willing to do that. I don't know if the teachers will let that for, <laughs> for some reason. Right, so right. I started this with my daughter. And um, my daughter goes to a smaller Catholic school. And so, like, I wanted to do it with my daughter's class. Mm -hmm. 
And and what I do is she gets to pick every year. Like, do I get to keep doing JA with you? And, you know, kind of, you know, because I know there's a point where maybe dad being in the classroom, maybe not so cool, but so far so good. But then, you know, the next year I get an email from the JA office that goes, hey, I know you want to do Chloe's class this year, but the teachers that had Chloe last year would like you to do her, their class. <laughs> and And so it's... It's become uh, we we've joked that eventually I'm going to be doing kindergarten through eighth grade because, you know, and, and I have fun with the teachers and I build relationships with the teachers. But but like for me, the bigger reward is when we go to events at the church or the school and I see the kids, um, we were at trunk or treat. This was kind of funny. And my wife and I had a trunk and we're giving out candy and stuff. And all these kids would come up and give me hugs. Mm hmm. And their parents are looking at me like, okay, why are you hugging this man? And what the devil is going on? I'm like, it's okay, I'm the J.A. And they're like, oh, you're Bud. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So, um, you know, and I was telling my wife, I just started with the fourth graders here a couple weeks ago. And I was telling my wife there's this new student this year in the fourth grade. And, like, his energy and, like, when we started talking about J.A., he spent five minutes telling me about the J.A. class he had last year. He was just so jazzed up. And uh-huh. I'm like, just a really cool kid. And my wife happened to be texting his mom about something else. And his mom goes, oh, my God, that's your husband? Because he came home and he will not stop talking yep. about this guy that came in. So it's there, there's a deeper... There's a deeper level of being able to go into these schools and they see somebody who cares about them and energizes them. And you never know when you're going to hit that button with kids. But I get high fives when kids are going to communion at church (laughs) because they walk by and they high five me and their parents are kind of looking back like, what the heck is this? So there's a couple of them like if they're at church, they're like, I got to go see Bud. They just take off and run and talk to me. So it's. It's really awesome for the kids, too, just at a a higher level than just nuts and bolts and stuff. Well, I think what you're seeing, and you're a great example, of course, of a junior achievement volunteer, but the partnership between business in this community and the schools is a little different, I think, than it used to be. And the kids don't have as much access to people out in the workforce as they might have in the past You know, when I was a kid, I sold Girl Scout cookies. So I went to my parents' and grandparents' offices and went cubicle to cubicle and sold my Girl Scout cookies. And, you know, you have take your daughter to school day, but that's one day a year. To actually have someone who's doing something that you don't know much about supporting you and encouraging you to be creative and think about your future, that's powerful. Um, You've seen it a lot, but for the people who haven't been in the classroom, you know, maybe you're helping with your kids birthday parties. I, I don't know if they do that in the schools anymore or not. Sometimes, but, yeah. Um, you just don't have these chances. We have grandparents who are so excited to be able to finally teach a grandkid in the school system their JA class. They've been looking forward to it for years. Well, and I think the great thing, because JA has so many schools, like I think you'd be hard-pressed to look at the list of schools and not find a school within about a mile or two or, or less, maybe, right. of your office. And private and public. I Which, guess we yeah. didn't specifically say yeah, that. We're, but. LPS schools, there's a ton of those all over the city, the private schools. Um, it's So it's it's a great opportunity, you know. I mean, you can kind of kick over and, and do those kind of things. And I know a lot of our businesses in the community are really supportive of um, their people getting out and kind of giving back. Because, I mean, basically I spend an hour a week at the school. 
roughly. Oh, I'm, yeah. And I do back probably to back Probably with classes. travel time. Yeah, I too. do back two classes back to back, and I'm probably gone from the office an hour, hour, and 10 minutes. Yeah, so. I don't think there's any class scheduled longer than 45 minutes, mm-hmm. and if you can only give 30, the teacher can you know help the kids wrap things up if you have to get back to the office. A lot of companies in town actually are keeping their employees on the clock for their JA prep driving and teaching time. Uh, if your organization doesn't do that, uh, we welcome volunteers, of course. But you can also ask your employer if that's yeah. something. If you run your own business, you usually are a very busy person. But that hour away from the office sometimes gets your creativity going, too. At least that's what we found. So it, you don't need to have any special skill sets. You just have to enjoy sharing a little bit about yourself. And Well, and I think you can draw on your own experience. Like, I have yet that's to what find... Makes it- a curriculum in JA where I can't draw on my own experience. And so it's great for these kids to see people that have been successful and they have their own business. And, you know, it could be in anything or just successful in their career path. Because I think back to like when I was in fifth grade, my daughter's in fifth grade now and 40 years ago, I was in fifth grade. But like when I was in fifth grade, I don't think, I think back and I can only remember one of my classmates whose parents owned a business. All of the rest of Hmm. them were in careers. They were in nursing, doctors, you know, machinists, whatever. They They were just more employees. And now I would say in the fifth graders at Cathedral specifically, but like probably half of those kids, their parents own their own business. They're a writer. They own a construction company. You know, their dad owns a restaurant or owns, you know, whatever, a store. So it's kind of cool. But for business owners especially to come in is like the motivation that you can do something in something that you're passionate about. I love that the kids see that it's achievable. I think a lot of people think Nike or Goodyear in the day or these companies started large and stayed large. But they don't. They start with one person, one idea. They might work for themselves. They might have some friends that help out. Starting a company is something that anyone can do. And I don't think that most students see it that way until they have someone excited Mm -hmm. about entrepreneurship in their classroom or they're talking about examples of people that they know or classmates and their parents. I think that's a great idea. It's fun when kids tell me about their parents and their business because now I start asking questions. And... What I want to do is I want to put those parents on a pedestal as an entrepreneur for those kids to see, like, this is huge, and for those other kids to see it. So, okay, so we've got about 1,200 classrooms available. We've got about 500 volunteers. Quick math says you could use a couple hundred volunteers. Yeah, we have about half of our 1,200 filled. We will fill them, but we would like to have some fresh volunteers, some new perspectives. I know one of our board members is teaching seven classes just in the spring semester alone. Um, besides, you're Man, you're missing out if you're not one. giving this a try. That first one might be a little awkward when you show up to the classroom and introduce yourself, but after that, you'll be looking forward to the rest of the sessions. Well, and we had a good meeting um, just recently with uh, the school, and you know, we even talked with a company that wants to kind of help at that school. And we even offered, like, if you want to come and watch, not that I'm anything special, but, mm-hmm. like, just to see how easy it is, it makes it makes a big difference. So, we are trying to find companies that... I was scared to death the first that, time I went in and did it. <laughs> I think everyone is. I'm recruiting some new volunteers at Bison because uh, we had some turnover with our volunteers for Blessed Sacrament specifically. And uh, 
yeah, that first day is a little scary, but we go with our new volunteers their first session. Not everyone will do that, but if you want to pair up, if, you know, a couple of uh, people that you like or have one person's volunteered before, one person hasn't, that works out super great. So you've got a mentor for a mentor. And the teacher never leaves the classroom. So it's not like you're alone in a classroom with students. You just have to show up with your materials, start the PowerPoint, and it goes from and there. It, basically, the outline walks you through. It's like introduction, mention this, mention this, ask this question. Like, yeah. it literally, it's... Yeah, it, it's like teaching for dummies. I like in some ways because like <laughs> yeah. it gives you everything you need. And so you just go through and ask the questions, and then if you're crazy like me, you kind of veer from the script a little bit. I think once in a while, I think all of okay. the volunteers veer a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you get your main topic support across, but then you let the classroom kind of determine where the discussion goes. Yeah. So Jennifer, um, again, we're talking junior achievement. Um, one of one of the great passions I have in the community to get involved with. So, Jennifer, tell us, if people are interested, what can they do to become a volunteer with JA here in Lincoln? Uh, JA makes it so easy for our new volunteers. Um, you can Google Junior Achievement. There's a list of classrooms. You can search by zip code or city or school, whatever you'd like. Or you can just call them. I think their main number is 467-1010. Um, they have great staff members. They're very friendly. They'll come out on site or you can meet in their office if you want to do a one-on-one -on -one and talk it out. Um, they'll provide you the kit materials. Um, there's a volunteer conduct standards form you need to sign. But other than that, they're providing all the curriculum. You're providing the brains and the enthusiasm. And then the teachers are there to help you out. Um, if your classroom gets a little off base, when Bud's your volunteer, usually, I think, is when that happens. But uh, sometimes I get a little loud when I'm in the middle school. Too. It's a great organization, and I think, you know, for me, it's one of those that just energizes me to yeah. invest in our future. So that's uh, a great opportunity. So any last pitch for JA that you want to give here as we wrap up today? You know, I just wish that all students find something that really lights a light bulb for them, something that they can really dig into. And Junior Achievement has done that for so many people in this community over the last 50 years. I just want them to continue to grow, and uh, more students should be reached by JA. And I think all the volunteers that are listening would probably be a perfect match for a classroom. Awesome. Well, again, uh, reach out. You can contact me if you want to learn more. Uh, search Junior Achievement of Lincoln and uh, reach out to them, get involved, and, and it's a great way to give back to our community and invest in the future of business in our community. And be sure and share this uh, Lincoln Business Beat podcast uh, with your friends because this is the type of thing that the more viral we get this information out, the bigger the chance of uh, reaching someone that would volunteer or have some way to contribute to JA. So Absolutely. Thank you again, Jennifer. We appreciate you coming in. Thank you, guys. Anything new, uh, anything else for the good of the cause at Leba? Well, I think the big thing we'll be talking about here moving forward, Mark, for the next few episodes, maybe more than a few, is the legislature. We're getting ready to go through legislative bills and kind of look at ones that we think business owners need to pay attention to. You know, And I'll say the good, the bad, and the ugly um, on how it affects business. So we'll be talking about that and bringing some more of that back. Um, I think we're going to try to get Senator Wishard in here to try to talk about uh, her bill on the convention center. I think we'll continue the conversation with some of other state senators on some of those bills that are going to impact our business community right here in Lincoln. Another one of the uh, people that uh, actually a member, but had some good comments when he filled in for uh, Speaker Arch 
Uh, Congressman Mike Flood uh, told us about the committees that he's been appointed to, and they are directly uh, involved with finance, uh, insurance, cryptocurrency, and, and a lot. So maybe we can get him in here sometime uh, as well. I must uh, and, apologize to Congressman Flood because as we, I got, I got into the details of the sausage in the legislature. Um, but yeah, Congressman Flood happened to be at our lunch earlier uh, when when we had the uh, situation with the legislature and the call of the house. Uh, threw him a curveball in the dirt. He knocked it out of the park. He came up and talked about kind of what it's been like. And you know, he came in. He got in that special election last year, but. The really awesome thing for Congressman Flood, I think, is he's on the Financial Services Committee, which I would consider one of the higher-level committees for a freshman congressman to be on. Um, And that touches banking. It touches insurance. It touches so many different areas uh, that affect local business. So we'll we'll definitely get Congressman Flood in here and do an episode with him. But he also mentioned uh, what he's uh, working on, if you will, because he has already uh, talked to the uh, post office about a potential convention site, which might be down at the current downtown post office site. Didn't get anywhere with him, but at least there was conversation. So I guess what I'm getting at here is that there's some uh, synergies between our federal uh, delegation and our uh, state legislators and even our county and city people that that seems to be developing. Well, I think some, the more we can get done more when we work all together. So it'll be good. But we'll uh, reach out to Congressman Flood for sure. This has been the Lincoln Business Beat from the Lincoln Independent Business Association and KLIN Radio, reviewing and updating business owners and community members about what's happening in the business community in and around Lincoln. Along with LIBA President and CEO, Bud Seinhorst, I'm Mark Vail. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by Currency. Learn more at GoCurrency.com.